Okay, everybody, fuck right off in three, two, one. Hello, children. Another solo podcast. Coronavirus. Fucking our shit up. Fucking it up. I am now afraid when I hear anybody cough. I think, if you remember, for the OG fans, there was a, there was an episode where I went off about people with peanut allergies and how I don't think that peanut allergies could in any way be real or should be taken seriously. And I think this is how people with peanut allergies feel, the same way I feel when I hear somebody cough, just instant paralysis. Um, you know, they'd hear a, a rapper being opened of a a non I don't know what what the word for pe- non peanut is. I guess non peanut candy being open, just paralysis, fear of of their throat swelling, however they feel. Listen, peanut people, I feel for you. I take back what I said. What I said was that you just survival the fittest. If you can't handle a salty snack, you probably shouldn't be, you know, a person. But you know, I'm I'm I've grown a lot since this time. Uh, I think I've changed my mind. Um, I hope people can appreciate the sarcasm of uh, of my of my sense of humor. Um, yeah, I don't really want to talk about uh, coronavirus too much, just because it, it's it's coronavirus. Everyone's talking about it, um, and it's pretty much over. One thing I will say though is I think this will probably bring out a ton of really cool underground music it probably won't really affect um major um people signed to major labels those people probably have private studios that probably aren't shut down uh their entire job is to you know make music so i doubt that this is really affecting their uh workflow in any way but with with independent and 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 underground artists I know this is giving me a really big opportunity to work on music now. I am neglecting my schoolwork because I feel like I'm on summer vacation right now. I'm not. I should be doing more schoolwork, but I am not. I am working on uh, an EP right now that's well overdue. Uh, there's a song that I've played live um, pretty much every show um, I've ever played. It's called Neurological Contortionist, and it's a song that uh i wrote it has noah dunn the great drummer noah dunn if you've seen me play you've seen him shredding those tubs behind me uh he plays on it uh carl williams playing uh guitar a couple sweet licks here and there joe novotny filling up that low end as he does on the bass and then uh my buddy sal Molinari, I think is his last name, or Molinari, Molinari. Obviously, we're very, very close because I can't say his last name. Uh, he actually rips a fat fucking solo in this song, and it's super, super cool. Um, and I'm, uh, so I've been trying to do a lot of the production myself. Uh, obviously, it's going to be going to Joe Novotny, who is my dedicated engineer he's gonna be doing the final mix but what i'm doing right now is i'm just trying to get everything sounding a little cooler i found one thing that with my last single falling is that um there's not enough really going on for me excuse me i just ate about an entire domino's pizza um 
There's not really wasn't a lot going on that I, I I like when songs have a lot of shit. I think that's why I enjoy Tame Impala so much. Um, there's just like a lot of layers to it. So I'm trying to add more layers. Like one thing I'm doing, I've been really digging this thing that I've done before, where is I take Sal's guitar solo and then I will uh, make it you know double the track and add a secondary guitar part that's the same as his but pitch it up and not just like you know it'd be different if i just played it up um i'm using logic pro x and their pitch shifter is kind of shitty uh and it kind of distorts and it, it doesn't sound um it doesn't sound perfect and that's really really cool it sounds really robotic and i really really dig that and then I'd make a third track and i'll pitch it down and it's not playing the entire time it kind of hops in and out and it's um it's been an interesting process to try to just really get a little more experimental with the kind of sounds I'm using, as well as uh there I don't know how the fuck this happened. This has been a mystery to me until until a few days ago, but I think I finally figured it out. Uh, originally recorded the uh, we recorded this live, um, and I recorded it in uh, at 140 beats per minute. I get the stems, I throw them into Logic, start like lining stuff up, adding stuff, right? I did it in a 120 BPM project. It was a fucking bitch. Next thing I know, so I never I never put on a metronome. That's the point of that. I never put on a metronome because I just uh, lined everything up with Noah's, Noah's drum part. And um, never put it to a metronome. I go into the studio last week to... Uh, do some overdubs and we put it in a 140 project and I put on the metronome and it's totally fine until the very end uh the last section and all of a sudden it, it sounds like the metronome had an aneurysm and I was like what the fuck like what the hell happened um at one point I thought oh Noah must have just lost the metronome but got back on to 140 with but because it sounded like it was just displaced like you know half a bpm off every single time it was very strange i eventually came to the conclusion that i cut a section out and because i edited it in a 120 project and i just did it it sounded like noah was you know everything was in time with what noah was doing but it turns out it's not it wasn't in time with the 140 my point being i'm actually not entirely sure what my point was but um my girlfriend's in the room right now. She's getting to witness the uh, the See You Do podcast live, live and in person. <laughs> How am I doing over here? Woo! Uh, I have a couple questions that I decided I was going to answer. Um, these I went on to Instagram this morning and I asked a couple. I put one of those things on my story, like, "Hey, if you want to ask me questions." here's your chance and of course i i didn't get a single one that uh i got one that was a legitimate question possibly two the one was by this climbing thing i don't really have it up because i'm using my phone to film this but i remember exactly what it was it said who is the best female climber in the game right now it was a rock climbing instagram and why um I don't know who's the best, but I will tell you that there are some gnarly chicks out there fucking running up walls. I was in New Hampshire when I was younger. I used to go on rock climbing trips all the time with my dad, my brother, and my dad's friend, Scott. 
And we would go, and I remember seeing this one chick, just armpit hair, not giving a fuck, scarfing down cliff bars like like anything else. And she, you know, just, just gnarly, gnarly shit on the wall. Um, so that's my answer to that one. Uh, one of my other questions that I got, um, how many times a day do I beat off? At least 14. Uh, got to keep your mind sharp. Um, Carl actually answered, and he asked me, do you think I could benefit from losing about seven pounds? Uh, Carl has been um, uh, repeatedly shat, uh, fat shaming me for the past few years. And um, I just wanted to point out, Carl, I think you're getting a little skinny fat, uh, which is, is, is a little worse. Like I'm, I'm kind of fat all around, but unfortunately, Carl, I think you're coming down with a case of the, of the beer bellies. Um, what else do we have? Colin uh, McCann. He asked where babies came from. Uh, ask his parents. Colin, you can ask your parents. And I wanted to point out that Colin did this hilarious video. Um, I'll put it up right here when I post when I do this in post. It's of Colin and he's dancing with it by himself. And then all of a sudden his parents pop up and then they're all dancing together. It was very cute. I, I, I enjoyed it very much. Um, what were some of the other questions I got? Oh, uh, my girlfriend, Justine Woolman over here, she asked me why... I abuse her, um, and and I think it's uh, I think it's important to remember that um, she is. If I if I answer this, I want everybody to know that this is sarcasm. Uh, I don't actually abuse my girlfriend, um, but I will say I did accidentally punch her last night. <laughs> um, I was in bed. And we both did martial arts as youngins. She still does. And she was holding out her hands. And I was, you know, tiredly punching her hands. And uh, missed. And ended up punching her in the stomach. Uh, I, I, For the record, I did instantly stand up, give her a big old hug, say I'm sorry, um, cleaned up all the blood. And then after that, everything was totally fine. Justine, do you have anything to add to that? Abused. She says she's abused. Um, I just need you to say for the record that that this is sarcasm. Can I just hear that one time? Pure sarcasm. Thank you. Pure sarcasm. Um, there's a couple other questions, but I don't think uh, I don't think I'm gonna be uh, gonna be talking about that. Oh, my dad asked me if I would eat a bat. Uh, I assume because th I think that's where coronavirus came from. Um, I would eat a bat. I totally would. Let me tell you why. They look rubbery. However, I feel like they'd be very tender. Um, I feel like the rubber, rubbery like skin they have, I feel like chard could be very much like uh, the skin of fried chicken. This podcast is fucking ridiculous. Um... I went to Whole Foods the other day. It's the only place that isn't depleted of resources because it's wildly overpriced. And um, I tried this drink that seems to be uh, sweeping the nation just as much, if not more, than the deadly coronavirus. Uh, yerba Mate, Herba Mate, Yerba Mate, whatever the fuck it's called. It tastes like fucking horse piss, and I'm not entirely sure why... Our nation's uh, 18 to 25-year-olds 
are having such a field day with this fucking shitty iced tea that is apparently all natural, organic, whatever. It tastes like, just because something tastes bad doesn't mean it's healthy for you. It has 27 grams of sugar. But it's cane sugar. It doesn't matter. It's still 27 grams of sugar. It's not good for you. I much prefer the the all-natural aspartame flavor of, of Red Bull energy drink, which is where I stand on that front. Where am I at? 12 minutes! Fuck. Okay, story time. Uh, I talked about this on another podcast. Um, I went on a trip out west this summer and uh, had to adjust my pants. I went on a trip out west this summer and I was camping, a ton of camping, two weeks, um, hiked every day, drove to a spot, camped there. And the reason I'm thinking about this was because I was like, the only thing you can do that's not quarantining yourself is go camping. Although I will say, I tried, uh, sorry. Um, I tried to go to the park yesterday thinking, oh, you know, it's the park. It'll be open space. You know, there'll probably be people walking their dogs. But it won't be too. It looks like a fucking music festival in the goddamn park. Um, so I just stayed in my car. And then we uh, and we went home. But I started thinking, oh, the only thing you can do is go camping. You can go get remote. Get away from the people. It made me think about my trip out west so um last time i explained this on the podcast i was drinking wine with carl i didn't make a ton of points uh, judging by the way this podcast is going so far i probably won't make many points with this one either but we're only at 14 minutes and i got 15 to go so here goes nothing uh we drove across country from Town, pennsylvania all the way out to denver one stretch switched out cars or switched out people driving the car um wasn't too bad until until the um I'm gonna pause one second. And I am back. Um excuse me, but things are getting a little dicey here in North Philadelphia. My buddy just got a knife pulled on the other day and I was hearing voices downstairs and thought it would be a good idea to check it out. And I did no need to be alarmed, children. It was just the one, the only, Topher Van Allen. Um, so I was talking about the Out West trip. Driving out there in one go, if you had like we had four people total, it wasn't that bad until the last, um, until the last. So we started at midnight, right? I drove all night, drove all day. Sun starts going down, and it was kind of cool. It was like, oh my god, we've been in the car in an entire like sun cycle. So it was kind of cool. And then as soon as the sun went down and everybody started getting tired, it just got to the point where we were screaming at each other. Um, at one point during the night, uh, Kansas, there's not a single person on the highway except for us in this truck. Um, I guess the truck was carrying rocks, didn't have like the top on. Um, all of a sudden, a big pile, like not a pile, like a handful like a like a like a solid handful of rocks come smashing under our windshield. Does at the time does not look like it's gonna be a problem. 
We get to Denver, spend the night at our buddy's uncle's house, wake up the next morning, and sure enough, big old crack right across the windshield. Now, that put a damper on the entire trip just because it was the first thing. Uh, I was really afraid that that crack was going to spread, and it absolutely did. It started about that big on the side. By the end of the trip, it had wiggled its way across the entire windshield. Um, I don't really know how windshields work, but I assume when it gets cracked, it... Uh, the the integrity of the glass is probably um, compromised, but I heard I heard that from somebody, and then I also heard that it's tempered glass, so it's not a big deal. We went along with it anyway. We didn't get it fixed, and um, after Denver, we hit Telluride, Colorado. And Telluride, when we got there, we had uh, we had already hit the Great Sand Dunes in the same day, so we had about eight hours of driving, and we get there, and it was downpouring fucking like you couldn't see more than 20 feet in front of the car and we didn't we didn't want to pay for camping i had found some websites that said there was free camping in a couple spots and uh we didn't have any cell service so like i couldn't pull up website that said where the camp spots were so i just recognized some pictures and the name of this one that was free so we just pulled in uh this I don't know if he was like homeless, like, like I'm down in my luck and I lost my home homeless. I think he was sort of the, uh, Hey man, like material things aren't cool. I like eating cat food in my Honda civic kind of homeless. Um, and he was there, uh, and he was asking if we wanted to, to smoke some weed with him. Um, I passed for fear of, uh, being molested. Um, he did not give off the positive vibes I think he thought he was. Um, so we get in the Telluride, and it's at 8,000 feet above sea level. Now, that's not a huge deal unless you start drinking, which we did. So the first night, we got absolutely hammered just in our campsite. Uh, not off that much alcohol, just we, we really uh, overestimated our ability, our body's ability to handle the, to handle the altitude. Um, we got drunk really, really quickly. It was very fun, though. It was very fun. Woke up, did a beautiful, beautiful hike, um, sucking wind after about 45 seconds of hiking. The way, so if anybody's, if you've never been out west and you've never been at a higher elevation, the thing is, is, you don't get, it's not hard to breathe when you're just standing around. It's just like, everything takes more effort. Like, if you walk up the stairs and you're totally not used to it, you're going to be like, huh, okay. And every time you take a deep breath in, it doesn't feel like you're getting a full breath. So, imagine that, and you're also doing one of the more difficult hikes that you've done. Because it's so, so fucking steep. So, needless to say, everybody was crying. And, uh, but it was absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, went around Colorado for a little bit, ended up in Utah and I'll tell the, I'll, I'll tell this story. This will probably be one of the more spacey hippy dippy things that I'll ever say on this podcast, but it's who I am. Okay. Please don't judge me for the things that I believe and the things that I want to say. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate your support in this trying time. 
We're at Mealy Point. Super, super rural. Like 70 miles from anything that's r- remotely civilization. Well, that's not true. There was like there was a town about like 10 miles away, but the town was very small. Um, we were up on this giant mesa looking over everything. And there was these pictographs. If you climbed down onto the edge, you could see these little pictographs, which are uh, ancient rock carvings. And they're super, super old. I, I can't remember. Um, my buddy Andrew, who was with me, he was super obsessed with them. He really, really liked them. So what he did, he found out exactly. That I guess they carbon dated them or something like that. Or whatever the fuck you do. Carbon date. I don't know. Google it. They, whatever. They're super fucking old. Like, BC old, okay? We're touching them. And then all of a sudden, I hear my friend go, did any of you just touch the back of the car? And I was like, no, why? There's a handprint on the back of the car. And I thought, wow, that's fucking strange. I go up. Sure enough, there's a smack, a clear as day handprint on the back of my mother's Ford Escape. Now, first reaction, I was like, oh, someone probably put their hand there, and it's like the the, the oil from your hand. Um, the oil from your hand just, like, made the, the, the dust not stick. That's a very plausible explanation. Probably the most likely. Um, but that was really freaky to start out. We finally pitch our tents, and because uh, it took forever, the ro- the ground was so hard, it was so hard. I I broke all my st- like tent stakes in the first night because that was like the fir- the second night we were camping. Um, I broke all my tent stakes. It was so fucking bad. Um, so we finally get our tents all set up. Uh, we go to sleep, and the wind was so strange. It wasn't like wind, like whoosh. It would just come. It could have just been, like, the where we were, but you could hear it. It sounded like it was coming in funnels. You could hear the funnel coming and twisting for, like, a solid 45 seconds, and then it would hit you, hit your tent, blow your tent over, and, like, like you'd be in your tent, and you'd, you'd bend over. You know, tents are flexible. Bend over, like, touch your face, and then whip back up as that same cylinder of air would twist away. It kind of reminded me, you know, you know that scene. Have you got you've seen? Uh, have you Justine? Have you seen Harry Potter the first one? Yeah. You know when like Voldemort like get he who must not be named gets out of the dude with like the turban thing and then he like dies and then Voldemort's spirit just goes like yeah. and like goes through Harry. It felt like that. That's what I was picturing the entire night, and picture me. In my tent, uncomfortable, sleeping on rocks, 70 miles from anywhere that has a a hospital or a fucking Dunkin' Donuts, just having these Voldemort-esque spirits hit my tent for fucking hours after a goddamn handprint was on my mom's car. Just cherry on top, everything stops. I was like, you know what? 
finally we'll wait. and then and then a little pack of coyotes came in because the guys we didn't move our food and they were sniffing around and you could hear them in your tent they're like um they weren't that bad people are afraid of coyotes they're pussies they are pussies all you have to do all you have to do is just get it they'll run they're small. I didn't know that. I thought I the first time I came in contact with uh, a pack of coyotes, we were on winter camp. Uh, I think 2016, and we were on top of this place um, called Bell Mountain. Um, it is compromised. You cannot camp there. Actually, Andrew and I went this year in the middle of the winter, and uh, we got we got we got fucked. I'll tell that story real quick before before time runs out. Uh, this was oh my point was pack of coyotes started like barking down the hill and they start running up at us and i got really scared and i was like what are we gonna do because like dude you know they're like tiny right i thought they were like the size of wolves shows what a mountain man i am they're not it is what it is now winter camp this year go to bell mountain go to the spot we usually go to even actually a little further back make ourselves a little fire start cooking up a little bit of grub right ass beef you don't know what ass beef is uh it's shitty meat it's shitty meat Cooking up a little bit of ass beef. Having a nice light conversation. It was just me and Andrew Harvey. Just me and Andrew Harvey. And um, I, I we put on a little bit of music just like on our phone or whatever. And then I get a call from my dad. And he's like, hey, they know you're on the mountain. You're fucked. And I was like, what? I guess I had driven our Civic Honda down to New Jersey. <laughs> Down to Jersey, and I parked it in the spot that we had parked a hundred times. Well, not you know, it was every time we'd gone, we had parked there, and it was totally fine. But I guess a park ranger saw it, um, ran the plate, found out it belongs to my father, went, knocked on the door of my dad, and said, "Hey, why is your Civic here?" And he's like, "My kid's up on the mountain." He and they're like, I'm gonna "Call him because he's not supposed to be there." And I guess they were on like the bullhorn, like, "Excuse me, please come down over there." And they were doing that for 20 minutes, apparently. And I already pitched my tent, so it took us like an hour to get down after that because we had to break down the tent, put out the fire, making sure. Um, oh, if the police are watching, we didn't have a fire because that's super, super illegal, and we told them we didn't. Uh, but we ended up just getting a uh, – I, I still have it. Got this wonderful, wonderful. I'm trying to see if there's any personal information on here. Warning, violation. Uh, the cops were super cool. Didn't fuck us at all. They listed off. I don't know if they were just trying to scare us, but he listed off all the things they could charge us on, and there was a lot. And he was like, "Obviously, you guys are fucking insane." It was 16 degrees out, and we were camping. Um, he's like, obviously you guys are insane. Uh, you probably need a hospital or a psychiatric ward more than, uh, jail. So we're going to let you go. Um, and that was the story of this year's winter camp. It didn't go as well as we planned, but sometimes that's just the way the cookie crumbles. And that has brought me up to a, uh, a good amount of time. Wouldn't you say so? I would say so myself too. Yeah, me too, man. And I think that's where we're going to end it for this week. Uh, looks like the solo podcast hopefully is going to be done by Thursday. Uh, Drexel's totally shut down. It's fucked. Totally fucked. No, 
no music studios, no nothing. Um, Philadelphia is about to like shut down tomorrow morning. So actually at 8 a.m. when this comes out. So three, two, one, everyone hit the deck. Um, so I'm moving, I'm going back to Doylestown and hopefully we'll be able to figure a situation out where Carl and I can get back in the same room because fuck this solo podcast shit. I don't know how these people do it. Chris D'Elia does it. I watch his podcast. Wow. Bill Burr does it better than anyone. I don't know how he does it. Theo Vaughn does it. I, uh, I don't understand how, how people just talk to themselves like this. I mean, I do it to myself, but I'm allowed to have really long lulls. I have to fill a half hour with what I, what I deem to be entertaining content. The key word is there, what I deem to be entertaining. It doesn't, I mean, obviously I'm not doing a great job. Uh, she's, a, you know, it's another hard thing is when I'm trying to do this podcast and, you know, sometimes you got to kind of get in the zone and she's over there laughing at everything, every goddamn, this is why you got punched. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. That is it for this podcast episode. Um, that's it. See you, dude.